0: Pete Jones, I am here lying on a beautiful soft fleecy red blanket mm. on your bed. Yeah. It has taken ten podcasts. <laughs> but when I cornered you in that pub and bought you some beers, this was the outcome. Well, this is beautiful. I always beautiful intended.
1: Uh welcome to Funny Looking Podcasts, dear listener. It is it is episode ten. And due to the way society functions and numbers exist in our lives. This is a milestone.
0: We tried this the other way round.
2: This year will be the first year ever that I make money at it. Yeah, we need we need white middle class men.
1: Uh, in fact, I stopped Stockton Montez. The gig was nice. The town less so.
0: What kind of impact did their uh, sponsoring? at another French festival <laughs> podcast have.
1: Oh, uh, minimal, I would say. <laughs> My blood type is... Uh, no, I, I'm on Twitter.
0: I don't have breakfast. <laughs> simple I don't simple answer I don't to a protracted question. question. I don't eat normally until about 11, to chop <laughs> some wood or, you know, hunted a rabbit. I think so, "This really
3: special uncle. Uh, oh, sorry, other influences.
2: I'm telling you now. I'm have anger. I hold up a mirror to myself. <laughs>
1: cry <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you know I think our ambition has always been to keep on doing what we love to do and that's so it's all part of that really the least wanky way possible right.
2: Mr. Mr. it's been a pleasure and you're a hit now we'll be kicking in any moment
1: all those people spoke to us to be honest when you did corner me in that pub and bought me three or four pints I think it was four to be honest yeah Um, I'm amazed at all the people we spoke to just genuine people I genuinely admire Andy Zaltzman was just like when he said yes I was like and then Pappy said yes Arthur Smith said yes Simon Munnery said yes Richard Herring said no but (laughs) (laughs) it's been a pleasure and it's been exciting to find all these really interesting things and share them with people
0: have you enjoyed the comedy that we've seen
1: loved it I've loved going out and, and sort of looking Almost slightly behind the curtain and seeing how things work and, and learning those sort of mechanical ways
0: that things are put together. Uh I've not enjoyed the one attempt I've had at editing. That's a nightmare. Stop going on about it. We've done ten podcasts and you edited twenty yeah. percent of one of them and you haven't stopped going on about it. <laughs> it's like it's It was like meant you're to be just...
1: solidarity. I was meant to be like oh,
0: I'm I... rubbing it in my face. It's like you, you're not you're not you jumping up and offering. Oh mate, I'm offered to do some of this All oh, right, then I think we should do I think you know what. We've done all right. You had a nice time. I've had a lovely time. Ten, ten more? Yeah, not tonight, <laughs> but over the course of a year, sure. All right, then, until somebody physically phones us up, phones us, mind, facts, faxes us and says stop, <laughs> funny looking, we'll carry on. I don't want to over-egg the fact that it is still quite weird being in your bedroom. Mm. But uh, here I am, Gav Cross, in your bedroom. Yep. P- Pete Jones. Pete Jones, the most boring name in all the land. And, and what's making it a little bit more uncomfortable is we're not here alone. Nope. For the Pod 10, Pod X special. Anniversary. Celebrations, Best friend of the pod. Hello, Claire.
3: Claire Mahoney. Happy birthday to you. Nice How's it?
0: Is there a present? No.
3: Nope. Any, any, company. Company.
0: any party poppers? Ugh. Let's just get this recorded, and I'm going to leave, because
3: there's a little bit of an edge
0: now. It's <laughs> mm. so a little bit uncomfortable. Claire's in her pyjamas, too. Well, that's that's a selling point, I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying I'm not saying there's a problem there, but I'm saying I'm feeling uncomfortable. Sure. Maybe there's something I need to address. You're welcome to stay, man. Oh, it's gotten a bit dark. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking around this time. This is good, isn't it? This? this is our jam-packed pod.
1: There is loads in this one. I can only apologise. Oh, we're going to say, we've got, um, we watched a bit of telly. Yes, we talked about some things that have been on. It's Kevin and
0: various other things. Uh, I interviewed a clown. Clowns. Oh, don't. <laughs> uh, we saw an American. We did. America. <laughs> Americans. American. That's racist, that's a shame. You won't be invited back. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Wales. Wales. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Sorry. It's not working. Um, and uh, I... I caught on with this new
3: fad called reading blogs. Blogs, eh? <laughs> you are <laughs> only about ten years late, gal. I know. Get I with know. the picture,
0: granddad. So we got loads to talk about. What else have we done though? This is that awful bit where we just show off about the things we've seen. The comedy roundup. <sighs> I love the comedy roundup. It's the pinnacle of every pod. I turn off after this
1: bit, of I <sighs> wouldn't blame listeners if they did the same. Dear. What have you discovered? Pete Jones. I've been out a lot this week, this month. Yeah. How long has it been? A while. It's been more than a month. We went to see James Acaster at Group Therapy Comedy in Manchester. James Acaster. A monthly night at Gorilla. Uh, We took Claire's mum along, and one of the comedians made quite a lot of sex jokes, and Claire's brother looked very awkward about the whole situation. (laughs) How old
0: is your brother? Fifteen?
3: No, he's twenty-six, but obviously... Does he know your mother has sex? I'm not sure, actually. Do you know
0: your mum?
1: But James Acaster, who I've been looking forward to see for so long, was just wonderful. I've got obsessed. I'm listening to all the Josh Widdicombe XFM podcasts, because he's in them. podcasts. But what I like about Acaster is that he does... He just takes quite mundane topics that in the hands of a lesser comedian would be dreary, dreadful stuff. And he just keeps going and making it more and more interesting quite sort of alternative, quite sort of um, out there and some of the things he says, but just... Just
0: really had a little bit of exposure on Radio 4. As oh, you say, fantastic, fantastic on Josh Whedicombe, uh podcast, James Agcaster. Good. What else? What else? Where have you been? Claire and I also went to see Harry Hill at Salford Lowry. And the big, big ticket. Sausage time. Have, have,
1: you seen you har- have you
3: seen Harry Hill before? No, I haven't. What um, did you think? I really like Harry Hill. Uh but i didn't think it was as great as everyone else had been saying but the last half of the show was great it was very surreal and i think that's what he what he does best and the start of the show was less so and a bit odd i think what
1: you get with harry hill shows as someone who's obsessed about him since i was 10 years old you get um you get the wackiness and the songs and the dancing which is wonderful and it's got all that and the ridiculousness but then there's always these sort of weird jokes that sort of plod along and they're called back and they're brought back time and time again and i think the actual those actual little bits a couple of them didn't hit his home as much as previous things i've seen him do i also think the audience was a bit weird i don't know if it was like <laughs> the salford lowry comedy audience but i don't know if the, the tv crowd weren't truly really sure what they were getting which is a bit odd I was glad there wasn't all these TV burp callbacks and stuff. There was a couple. There was a couple, but it it, it was good. It was great. It was good. lovely it time. Was, yeah. Good, good. I can't. Really I
0: discovered Mark Maron's podcast. He's he's only done about two hundred, so you um, oh, you've got WTF, in early. What the fuck? I've been. Oh my god! What a brilliant, brilliant. He's a he's a stand up American stand up who just interviews other stand-ups and um, just legends absolute legends yeah well it
1: started just being comedians but now he gets all sorts of people it's ridiculous
0: he talks to them for about an hour so they're in-depth things but really really you can, what I've noticed in all of the ones that I've listened to they just say you're good you're very good you're very good and he get, he seems to get under the nub of it all and I, I don't need to hear he's, he's a recovering drug addict which is get, you know, we should get men- mentioned every time but that's what gets him in isn't it he just exposes a bit of himself and then these big, big players, Mel Brooks, and, and just in the middle of... Uh, Michael Keaton was a fantastic mm. interview. Do
1: you, if you go back, the Stuart Lee one's excellent as well, which right. I know you'll enjoy. That's on the YouTube. Right. Um, he's, he's spoken to everybody, so it's worth right, okay, really investing hours in, hours in going and back. Hours and hours and hours of listening. Mm-hmm. Um, we also went out to the local comedy gig. Here in Cholton. Yes, we went to Dead Cat Comedy, which um, takes place at the Spoon Inn. Awful location. Awful location. Dreadful place for a comedy gig. Lovely coffees, good selection of beers. Um, <laughs> run by Red Redmond, who compares and runs three nights around Manchester. Is that his real name? Not his real name, Red Redmond. No, that is a stage name. I think nice. he's called Red... No, I don't know. That, that could have been funny if I'd planned something. Um, <laughs> and this month, I really enjoyed seeing Liam Pickford, who's been someone okay. I've been trying to see for a while. He is a gruff northerner who... <laughs> Let's on that he doesn't really know what he's doing but he's
0: deep down he's brilliant I, I say i've seen him on the youtube bbc new company yeah, Award he did quite well last, in that
1: last yeah, year it yeah, was
0: very very funny
1: so well we're checking out and and check out the day comedy stuff because there's lots of interesting nights and it's for free and it's all for free there's a bucket system and if you go to gigs in chalton there was a baby there last time which was kin awful
0: chalton Shawter. Take your baby in a papoose, like a big long oh, piece of material strapped it was, to it was a bit a weird. disgusting behaviour. Disgusting disgraceful behaviour. Hummus everyone. I think it's very lovely. What a lovely idea. Kind of family. This is because you're still angry in your twenties We you get you're not hit, you're I'm not angry, I'm angry when
3: there's babies around. Babies They can't and babies understand and the comedy.
0: Neither compete.
3: Yeah. yeah. Fair point. Well made.
1: Yeah, it's a good job, good job you asked me to be on this podcast, wasn't it, all, those,
0: all that year ago? I think you can tell that I've not been out for a month by the fact that we have an article coming up about things we've watched, I've watched, <laughs> on TV. And of half those things, I go, no, I've not really seen that yet. <laughs> uh, there's so much as this podcast, I think that we need to... Dep- and Claire, you're here. Hi! Oh, she I made mean- a lovely dinner, earlier.
3: Always.
1: If I'd known we were doing this in person not over Skype, I would have offered <laughs> you some. Gab turned up at my door
0: earlier. It was nice. It was a nice surprise, but a surprise, nevertheless.
3: Tony Law. Saw him. Loved him.
0: Oh, Tony Law. Tony Law, man of beard and hair. Vikings. Do you Remember there was, a, there was about three podcasts where every, every podcast was just Tony Law. Tony Law. Tony Law. Go on, go on. What did you think? What did you think?
3: I just thought he was great. Lots of Banter
0: Banter Banter.
1: We're just doing callbacks Oh
3: sorry It's fine It's just It's just I I couldn't explain
1: it Oh god This is a terrible It's a
3: terrible It's a terrible description But I think Excuse me I'm tiny
0: elephant (laughs) (laughs) Now If you need introduction To Tony Law You can go to iTunes And buy Tony doesn't know How to end his show the single and you will get
3: oh memory to me
0: doesn't know how <laughs> to end. come on wasn't it a beautiful show I think it's fantastic you can't describe it I think why that's would it. You need yeah. to? why would you need to go and you see don't, him no, no one it shouldn't be described to you should go and see it
1: I think it's great that we can't describe it but it doesn't make for a very good podcast no but then,
0: <laughs> but then it, we've already talked about it and we talked about the fact that he does um, very very, very funny racist voices
3: bad ones they're very funny yes. though We're yes. to, yeah. why,
0: why are we allowed to laugh at Tony Law being racist because he's a level man ah uh.
1: don't make that noise in my bedroom <laughs> clowns clowns coming to eat your face no now if you know anything about comedy dear listener you will know that clowns are the worst things in the world so gav who have we
0: got an interview with p jones when i formulated this podcast mm-hmm. i'm just that is an assertive thing there i mean that's me assertive my uh, aggressively putting you tweedy who i'm going to be imagining was part of this podcast before i imagined Ooh, you were tweedy Tweedy is clown. he a clown <laughs> right Stop right there. <laughs> About three or four weeks ago, I forced you to sit and watch some Laurel and Hardy with me. You forced me? You made me dinner. I'm not, I'm not going to turn we down dinner. watched some Laurel and Hardy with my children. It was a lovely time, actually. Though. And we laughed. Tweedy is the living embodiment of Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy.
1: He's a clown I can like.
0: He's a clown you can love. Is
1: he going to steal my firstborn? No. And-
0: no, 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 no. what Tweedy is um, Tweedy is a clown I saw as part of a, a very you'll hear about it a circus a very interesting circus um, I'm talking close to 10 years ago first time I saw him and Tweedy is a comedy performer a comedy actor who will make you laugh no matter what your age um, just amazing comedy chops and, and the man can hold his own the man can hold his own let's have a listen clowns. Funny looking is always about us talking to people that we find funny. And I'm here with, um, Mr. introduce yourself.
2: Um, well, I'm Tweedy. I, it's kind of, it's a stage name, Tweedy, but it's, it's a nickname as well. Even my wife calls me Tweedy. So I kind of, I need to find that line between my, um, stage persona and my persona, which is very thin. <laughs>
0: so what is your stage persona?
2: Um, well, I mean, I'm a clown, but a lot of people kind of have, you know, preconceptions of what a clown is. I'm not, I don't wear a big red nose and floppy shoes and things like that. Um, I mould myself on silent comics, although I'm not silent. I mean, Lauren and Hardy weren't silent. I mowed myself on them a bit. Um, so that's that's kind of style. Um, in America, they'd say you're a vaudeville clown. Well,
0: the reason that I'm really excited about talking to you is I've seen you um, quite a few times in a particular circus, Giffords.
2: Giffords, it's a small circus. It's kind of a, a recreation of a 1930s village green circus, and it tours... Village Greens basically in kind of the Cotswolds, Oxfordshire, Wiltshire um, and, and that was kind of the initial thing was to make this recreation and have the wagons like it um, and it's very intimate which is great for the comedy and that you can see everyone's eyes you can hear everything um, so it's great for the comedy and it, it always, live music is a very important part as well there's sometimes up to 12 14 musicians on the bandstand at one time and the show it's not, it's not a series of acts it's very um, produced and that everyone will kind of be involved throughout the show, you might see the trapeze artist on the bandstand, joining in with the band, or being a character in a kind of scene, and, and
0: there's a story. Sometimes I've seen somewhere there are stories. And yes, there's or
3: story arcs, or there's
2: always a theme of some sort, and you know there might be a loose story or there might be a, you know a very distinct story, and yeah, each year is very different.
0: How did you get to be Tweedy?
2: Well, um, I was always into Lauren Hardy as a child. And I was into cartoons, and I was gonna um, be an animator. That was kind of the original plan. I was kind of all set to go to art school, and um, had this sudden—it suddenly dawned on me in art class one day that actually this is quite dull, <laughs> and you need a lot of patience, which I don't have that much of. <laughs> and I kind of realized that I wanted to be—I always wanted to like create, you know, this this character. And I realised that I wanted to be the character. I didn't want to just draw him and bring him to life. I actually wanted to bring him so to life. So, Tweedy is, is real.
0: your human cartoon. Yes. That's right. Yeah. You're a very physical clown. Yes. yes. Yeah. And is that, what, again, where did you pick up those skills? How do you decide to be, right, I'm going to be this clown, I'm going to learn these things? Did you teach yourself? Did you
3: train? Or?
2: Yeah, I, I started teaching myself, um, you know, all the kind of unicycling and juggling and things like that. And, um,. I went to Butland's when I left school. And this is pre-internet, so it's like, how did you find out about clowns? It was so difficult. You know, if you were lucky, you'd find a dusty old book in a second-hand bookshop about clowns. The classic
0: careers conversation? What do you want to be, son? <laughs> you...
2: a, a clown. Yeah, no, it didn't go down too well when I said, I'm, I'm not going to try and go to art school now. I ain't going to be a clown. But what I did was, when I was at Butlins, I was going to go to a circus school to learn. I was kind of saving up. And it it went bust. I'd been accepted for a place and it went bust. So I sent a questionnaire out just to any address I could find of circuses or kind of performers. And it was just as personal research. And um, Zippo's circus replied, the boss who was Zippo the Clown, he was clowning at the time. And... um, uh, he'd answered the questions, which was great. And on the back, he put, the best way to learn is on the road from, you know, other clowns. And um, by doing it, you know, he said, you can only learn so much about clowning in a, in a room or a school. You need to get out there and find out what's funny for you. So I went to Zippo's to be a publicity clown, handing out leaflets and doing school shows and stuff like that. And um, Zippo got stuck in traffic in the first week I was there so there was, there was nobody else. So they can and kind of said, oh, do you think you could drive the clown car? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then um, and I said, look, I'll do the other routine as well. I watched it for a week, you know, and I'm not sure. And and then they let me, and he caught the end of that routine and, and gave me a job after that. That's, so.
0: That's like the, the most clowny, clown origin story yes. imaginable. <laughs> I mean, you haven't got a big red nose, but no. at you in the big
2: red flick yeah the, the the red tuft came about from way back when I, I didn't like to wear wigs you know because it'd fall off and and yeah I just didn't like wigs so I dyed all the top of my hair red and then um, I set fire to it by accident during the show <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, and a little old lady came up to me in the interval and went oh that's a shame about your wig it's not a wig look <laughs> my hair <laughs> And um, I saw Giffords, and I knew Nell for a long time, who's the owner, or one, of, is... one of the owners of Giffords Circus. And when I saw the show, I just loved it. And I'd, I approached Nell, and we were friends anyway. And she wasn't that sure about it, because she'd seen me at Zippos. And I explained to her, you know, I'm planning on changing my style, you know. And it, and it fitted very well for both of us, that I wanted to change my style, and she wanted that style. And um, that's when I joined Giffords.
0: So the evolution of Tweedy and Giffords came together, really. <clears throat>
2: yeah, yeah, and it and it's evolved over the years on Giffords as well. Uh,
0: so how how does being involved with Giffords has that stretched
2: you? Um. Well, I mean, like one thing that's completely kind of basic is that coming up with new material every year you know the fact that it's the same audience means you've got to change the material which i love and i kind of did that um on the zippos anyway but you know it it can get one thing it it can get quite difficult you know to think of new material each year but on the other hand the majority of the people know that you're ready and if you know they like the character and find you funny already you're on a winner from the start so you can kind of get away with a lot more. So it's kind of you know it, it works both ways.
0: As your your wife is a blog is a blogger and a photographer. <laughs> yes. And kept a, a record that you know. And, and this is this is 2013, but I'm sitting here. We have met briefly before, but because of through social networking, yes. I, I know a bit about you. It's all it feels awkward and slightly stalkery, but it's. <laughs> But it's something we're all complicit to it. Yeah, yeah, we all do it. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. all do it. But um, but that seemed like an adventure. You lived on a train.
2: Yeah, it, it it was fantastic, and I had a great time. It's not a show I ever thought about working on. You know, it, it was so who was who was that with? It's you? Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey, the greatest show on earth. Well, that's the name. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the Cecil DeMille movie was based around it, and. Um, it's an American institution. You know, it's a household name in America. You know, everyone knows that everyone goes to it. Um, but I'd never thought about working there because it's so huge, you know, and genuinely my stuff is quite small. Um, so when they approached me, I was a bit confused um, but they assured me it would work. And and it did work, you know, and a lot of people said, oh, you know, I thought you were very good there. But personally, um, as far as the show went, I couldn't feel that connection. You know, when you're playing Madison Square Garden to over 10,000 people, it's difficult to connect to them, you know. So it was a fantastic experience. Is it quite
0: different to climbing in amongst people selling sticks for 50p?
2: Yeah. Which is one thing that my
0: children still talk about.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, that was a big hit, selling the sticks. It's funny how random things... I mean, like I said, with the ladder, I never thought anything about it. And the same with the sticks and that... Uh, hit home quite well, but yeah, no, I had a great time over there. It was fantastic, wonderful company to work for, and living and travelling on the train was fantastic. You know, that was like such a great experience. Um, but yeah, the, just personally, the sh- the show wasn't right for me.
0: Think the other work that you do because again, and I would really you know it's really interesting following you on on, on Twitter, and you have a great Facebook group as well. But you have a, a show. Yes. Lost Property.
2: That's right, yeah. Tell us about that. Um, Well, I I always wanted to have a a solo stage show since I decided I wanted to be a clown. And then um, with Giffords, because they had a shorter season, I had a bit of time, and I managed to get a bit of um, funding to put a show together. And I I couldn't... Lost lost Property Office just seemed like a great place to set it because you just have... You can have any random object in it. And, um, and also I wanted to look at, kind of explore the, the themes of being lost because when I'd have, you know, a month or two off and no work, I'd join an agency and get work doing anything. And I was really bad at all these jobs, which <laughs> usually last a day. But it was a great experience but I had this feeling of being lost and I wanted to kind of explore that and it seemed like a good idea that someone that's lost gets a job in a lost property office. Um, I mean, it is an excuse to kind of tie lots of my routines that I've developed over the years together in sort of a slight narrative. Um, but yeah, that that's it.
0: So what is next for Tweedy? Where's Tweedy? How is this Tweedy character growing and where do you want him to take you?
2: Um... Well, I, I just love doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm developing a new show at the moment and I don't know when I'll do it or anything like that with Nancy Trotter who works for Giffords. Anyone that saw it last year will know her as the the mad bird lady. Um, <laughs> and that that's a show exploring dementia after someone suggested it. Uh, so I've got a lot of research to do with it. But it's kind of interesting to kind of look with... You know what people think is mad, and what people think is normal, and you know, because clowns are often perceived as a mad person. And so, the, yeah, there's a there's a lot to explore there. And um, and I I'd like to do some sort of more film work because Lauren Hardy, are my big inspiration. But I want to do what I do in film. I don't want to just you know suddenly try and be a, an actor on TV or something. And I got a project on the go um, to do a series of short films that then will hopefully be like a full length, which is kind of um, a homage to silent movies. It won't be silent, but it will be in that style. So hopefully that along.
0: And how would people follow you and find out about where Lost Property is? What have you got a
2: Um My website doesn't keep you up to date on... Specific things. It's best to follow me on Twitter at Tweedy Clown or um, Facebook slash Tweedy Clown.
0: Well, thank you so much. I'm really, uh, really, really grateful. You're welcome. I can absolutely recommend uh, people just seeking out, and we hope to see you uh, in in other forms as well. But we would be as Laurel and Hardy box set owners. (laughs) We would buy the Tweedy box set.
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Thank you, Pete. Will
0: you now please stop making these disproportionate and, frankly, abusive clown references after that interview? I will actually, Gav. I'm pleasantly surprised. Obviously, you only
1: pick the best possible interview people for this podcast, and I appreciate that. But it was nice to hear a different sort of angle on the making people laugh. Nice to hear from somebody who's not just a stand-up and he's doing something in a little bit of a different way. And I
0: admire anybody who sets their mind on achieving something and then just going out and bloody doing it. And absolutely doing it, absolutely. And funny is funny. When I think about the people I've seen perform, Tweedy is there, definitely, because all I think about is just being surrounded. And because when we see Giffords with the kids, we're in, it's daytime, you can see the whole audience, the whole audience is creased up. It's just delightful. I really, really hope. It's going to be really hard, I think, because it's quite geographically specific, Giffords, mm. for people to see that. But if you're in that area, go and, there's a link on, on, on our webpage. Have a look where Giffords is going to. Have a look out for Tweedy and uh, Lost Property and the new show, which sounds really interesting. I think there's a fantastic crossover between clowning and dementia care and, that, and laughing. Yeah, that was really interesting. It, really yeah. interesting. And uh, follow the guy. Uh, uh, there is another link to YouTube stuff. Listen to the build of the audience. The giggles roll and they're from kids and they're from adults. Funny is funny. We should do more about Laurel and Hardy. We should do. I'd be up for that. Just watch Laurel and Hardy. People go out and buy Laurel and Hardy. They are absolutely brilliant. As is Tweedy. Thank you
1: so next up we're going to talk about jamie kilstein who we went to see at excess malarkey recently jamie is an american uh, based comedian who came over and did a selection of shows quite a few at soho theater in london and then he came out on the road and one of them was at java's click the home of lovely excess malarkey
0: oh what a treat to go from was it a successful running soho
1: it did very well the reviews were all very positive yeah as he told us at the start because his his dad Emailed
0: him a passive-aggressive <laughs> congratulation. Trash. Well, I didn't know who Jamie Kilstein was. I mean, it's like one of those things when, when, when you've seen someone and they and if we skip to the end, it was a fantastic night. But you're like, why didn't I know about this person? And, I, and you know, the flyers went round. It was a highlighted night. Nice, oh, American comedian. I wasn't sure you were going to like it, Gav. I don't know why, but
1: he didn't strike me as somebody who would come across as very <laughs> gaff. If we give some sort of context to what he's yeah. like, he is devoutly atheist, yes. a devout fascist, passionately. passionately vegan, all yeah. these things, very left wing, which gets him into all sorts of Martial trouble. Martial
0: artist. Martial artist. S- the, the, the guy is wiry.
1: Yeah, he could like, but if he got you on the floor,
0: yeah, he'd be, he, you wouldn't be getting up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I I think it would be fast. I think he'd go for the throat.
1: Yeah, I think it would take four of us to even last 30 seconds.
0: But he he looks like, if you look at a poster, he looked like the tough, acerbic, angry guy he is. But when I first saw him, he had that small, wiry, nasally American, look, like he possibly had trouble at school. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I think... Very mixed. Whilst he was this left-wing, sort of aggressive, and did these bits... These are... I think he would kill you for calling him left-wing. He is so... He that is so above politics, so overtly political. The man has opinions when I don't... I, I, you know, I'm left-wing. Let's put it out there. I'm all right with that. I'm <laughs> fine with that. But really, his position on things... Adm- admirable admirable and very tiring
1: <laughs> but i think at the at the end of it when we came out we were both buzzing from this show yeah. because there was a man just passionate and exciting and ultimately very very funny expressing his views in this way and their views we all agree with <laughs> so he was preaching to a lovely audience
0: Actually, i tell you what i think we're doing i think we're apologizing for not feeling as passionate about Plainly important things, as Jamie does. But Jamie's out there feeling this way for us. I'm, I'm, I'm a quite a politically correct kind of guy. Yeah, too much so. Maybe so. This guy, this guy, vegan. You know, straight, but but you know, he doesn't even tell you he's straight. Other than the fact that he's doing a, a podcast with his wife. But you know, when he talks about the gays, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to establish that he's you know he's that brave. I don't mean to be facile because you're right actually it was it was like coming out of of uh one of those shows I, I don't think i forget it for a long time it, I was quite speechless wow I thought it was a very original voice a storyteller, very, very much in that vein.
1: I found the bits that actually most appealed to me were not the the sort of these almost ranty things he went on, which were which were great, which is
0: obviously part of his thing.
1: Yeah, completely. And some of them he was reading, which I felt almost added to the weight of what he was doing, because it was like I have written this, and this is must be said.
0: The American essayist approach, that kind of uh, David Sedaris, or so you, he, he's amazing, amazing writer and performer. His own strong voice, definitely.
1: But the bits that really appealed to me were more the personal stuff, the stuff about his life, the stuff about his childhood and his granddad who plainly didn't agree with his views or what he was doing with his life. But there was a, an honesty and a human human side to it that I really, really enjoyed. And they were the bits that sort of stuck longest with me.
0: Yeah, and and we all, we want, when someone lives a life so far alternative to my life and certainly yours. Well,
1: you know, I hate <laughs> everybody,
0: so... <laughs> You you just uh, you just hang on to those bits. Where it's like oh, you don't get on with your family either. Oh, you're <laughs> quite insecure about those little things as well. Those definitely and there's a quite a protracted story about being on a diving board, which was just so beautiful and could have gone on for so much longer. Yeah, uh, brilliant, brilliant night. And you know, a real marker again of of the quality of people that that will pass through Manchester, pass through the northwest and go to something like excess fantastic um did you i picked up a cd on the way out how was it i loved it i listened to most of it on the way home it's It's very on my
1: shelf over there as you can see and uh, i've not listened to it yet because i don't really listen to cds because i'm
0: 27 (laughs) i listened to it and it was you could say more of the same but there was just some of that richness of of his skill there's just a brilliant brilliant bit (laughs) Libel, slander and sedition. There's just a brilliant bit in it where about three quarters of the way through, 45 minutes in, somebody leaves because it just wasn't his thing or something. And it was just it's just a brilliant moment. When why are you leaving? Because you just won't shut up. It's like you've been here 45 minutes. It was just (laughs) such a fragile, beautiful, aggressive moment in that CD. I can really recommend it. But but then then also what else does he do?
1: Citizen Radio, which he puts as a internet radio show, it's a podcast. It's we, a podcast. This isn't this isn't a radio
3: show, guys. No,
0: no, no, it's more than that. This is a guy. He seems to be making money from his podcast. People, he talks to these. I think he's very clever. Him and his wife, they talk to the to the fragile, to the broken, the lonely, the teenager, mm. and he, then he makes them pay him, <laughs> which is a brilliant model. Why can't we find that lonely lonely teenage comedy geeks and get them to give us ten dollars a month? let's try it there's a donate button there's not there's not <laughs> there a, not a donate one. button uh, no i did listen to it and it was a bit more of the same and um, the ones i listened to was a bit of his diary of being in uh, the uk which is interesting so he was commenting on the gigs that he was doing but then the, the thrust of the show is very much that political side of what he is and it's uh, astounding and really important but it's just, I mean, I read The Guardian and I've skimmed some of that and that's enough.
1: I can't go with it. To, to be honest, I can't go
0: with it. And
1: I felt I wasn't going to get into a situation where I want to sully the lovely evening. And i definitely
0: go and see him again. Yeah. I can't I can't listen to it every week. I cannot recommend <laughs> highly enough Jamie Kielstein, amazing storyteller. And, and if you're very angry and very much want to know about the micropolitics of American right wingers homophobes. Watch that... The Daily Show. <laughs> what? No, no, sorry. What was the point? Jamie Kilstein loved it. Television. The drug of the nation. breathing ignorance and feeding radiation. Do you watch television?
1: From time to time, yeah. I saw, I saw TiVo things and then come TiVo.
0: back. TiVo. Now that's like the American... He's like TiVo hey TiVo TiVo and suddenly you've got TiVo I haven't got TiVo. Virgin Media my friend. I've got Virgin Media. I
1: don't think this is really what the podcast's about. I want a TiVo. Just stop reviewing electrical items that could be a new, <laughs> there's new a lot feature. Of, there's
0: a lot of podcasts out there reviewing items and they get f- sent things free. Do they? Yeah. We could do with a new portable mic please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah I've watched a lot of TV recently. <laughs> Come on, right. What we're we going to talk about? We're going to talk about it's Kevin, the Mimic, Anna and Katie, and Derek. Quite a broad spectrum of things. <laughs> All and right. What's to say? Where do you want to start? I want to start with it's Kevin. Okay. Kevin Eldon, the actor. Kevin Eldon. Kevin Eldon. Kevin Eldon. And if anybody's listening to this who hasn't isn't aware of Kevin Eldon or hasn't watched it's Kevin, just Google the man, look at his face, and go, "Oh, it's him." Oh, the guy from Space, yeah. Sure. Uh, To Um, To Um,
1: yeah. Fist of Fun, uh, Alan Partridge, Big Train, Brass Eye,
0: Jam. Uh, so Kevin Eldon is 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 thread through so much of the stuff that I've watched and love. And then a couple of years ago, he had uh, his Big Edinburgh kind of debut solo hour, and then. What's got... taken him so long, of Oh man, it's busy. I don't know. He's like fifty now. Fifty two, I think. I'm very aware of age at my age. I look at him and go, Oh, he looks good for his age. <laughs> <laughs> look terrible. Um uh, yeah, so he got commission, got a serious commission straight away, and here it is, it's Kevin. I have grown to love it.
1: I would say it's Kevin is a beautifully made sketch show with lots of great ideas running through. I have not laughed all that much, but I've enjoyed every single one. Have you smiled as you watched it? There's been smirks. <laughs>
0: Who would not smirk as a beef eater? You know, that's that's a code that, of life. That is an amazing sketch. Concept. It's high... Co- I think... I think it's Kevin. Is high-end, high-concept. So high-end and high-concept. It's funnier than most ordinary people <laughs> understand. So you're saying... <laughs> Well, I find that slightly offensive, Gav. Um, <laughs> look, look at the concepts. George Martin Hitler. That's an incredible sketch.
1: What I think, I think with any sketch show, it's always going to be hit and miss. Amish
0: Sex Pistols.
1: Probably one of the greatest sketches I've ever seen. Okay, It's got a great theme tune
0: and some incredible the, cameos. So the greatest openings, everything. So overshadowed the, the, the opening is amazing. What I say is you were probably
1: quite warmed up to love this show from the very start why because of who he is and what yeah. he's done and the people yeah. he's working with like yeah. stuart lee and bridget christie and uh simon munnery and the
0: fact that he's got the comedians comedians comedian paul putner as his sidekick he has got the old <laughs> kevin eldon's the ultimate tv comedy sidekick getting paul putner in to me is just a genius concept
1: do you think he'll get another series yes Okay.
0: because people the people that' got incredible reviews, yeah, amazing reviews, and I um, should imagine look at how much it would have cost to make, probably not very much, look at how much originality it is, amazing, anyone who judges anything on its first series bedding in when actually it's so it's hit so many marks, name me two great sitcom um sketch comedies of the last ten years, well exactly. Absolutely. And even the far, watch, I watched the first episode of the far show again recently. First few ep- first series of the far show. It's just not as funny as you think it was. Big, yeah, tr- Big Train, amazing. Kevin Eldring again. Big Train's first
1: series was very good. The
0: second yeah. series waned. But if you watch it again, you know, if you're hitting 40 50% greatness, what do you expect?
1: What percentage do you think this podcast hits in terms of greatness? That 12. Just 12%. <laughs> I'm that, that's you. the, that's Let the me pauses. Just... 12.5. I'm happy with that. It's free, guys. So that's... Don't complain. Because something I did really, really laugh at was Anna and Katie. Yes. That had genuine laughs for me, yeah. laugh out louds. Yeah. Which is interesting. So on the same time, they're both sketch comedies. So...
0: So Anna, uh, Anna Crilly, Katie Wicks, they... And, and, the, and the narrative of them is they had... Um, uh, they were part of the Channel 4 um, Comedy Lab which I think is brilliant, is a brilliant concept, Mm -hmm. pushing this out. And it seems to be that Sky... Have you got all of these Sky channels that are pumping out comedy, investing in comedy that I can't get? Virgin Media get all my money every month, so Uh, I've got all the channels. Well, this was about two years ago, and it was one of the ones... It was of the comedy labs, it was noticeably standout funny. And Katie Wicks and Anna Crilly, you'll see them, again, threaded as a kind of character performer throughout. But they they were part of a, a brilliant sketch show which was on cbb's uh called i'm sorry i've lost my head and a couple of other performers who i think they're they're all connected with were part of anna, anna and katie's one it's just funny but again the hit rate it's not good. it's not 100 percent sketch comedy for you mate
1: on the theme tune rates they've got stereo total uh who i saw spot in the strokes ones very good song so <laughs>
0: it's, it's that is a nice it is a nice opening so is is the opening of Anna and Katie, better than the opening of It's no, Kevin. No, 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 Okay, so on opening songs... It's Kevin. Okay. In terms of laughter... <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of brilliant, the like, congratulations sketch.
1: Fantastic.
0: Um, what else have you been watching? Have you watched
1: The Mimic? Not seen it. Sorry, mate. I'm very busy. Terry
0: Minot, who's... A um, Mimic. who's Who's been part of a couple of things that I found difficult to watch. VIPs and Morgana show... He's been stand out, just interesting, and so this is like a vehicle. And in that 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 vein, we're going to come on and talk a briefly about Derek. That vein of very gentle things, nice people. Hmm. It's it's in a similar kind of it's got a similar feel, but it's this 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 threaded story which has it seems to have some allusions to Terry Martin's own story of a guy who can do voices but isn't doing much else. Which gives him a chance to do voices, and it was just beautifully gentle all the way through. Really, really worth a watch. Belly laughs. Or a couple, a couple. There's an amazing <laughs> bit when one of the guys from Cardinal Burns, Cardinal or Burns, I don't know who they are really. They're very funny as well. And he just, and he phones him up pretending to be, um, to pretend, pretend to be in McKellen, and it's just, I, I found that with the payoff of that, just laugh out loud, eruptive, funny probably still on 4 so I'll check it out. Absolutely. And you've finally caught up and watched Derek. Yeah. A bit late. Well, a bit sceptical after seeing the first Why episode. Why didn't you watch Derek as it went out?
1: I have issues with Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I, which well, I'm I working make. through. Uh, regular counselling. Big talk. Um, issues with his... his presence on twitter and use of words and faces that i don't think are (laughs) correct and also a deep deep love for the office and
0: do i want deep and abiding
1: and do i want to sully that with uh watching Derek? so we watched the first episode me and my lovely girlfriend and then we left it alone for a bit and then we just we watched one episode and then we ended up watching five in a row and my overall feeling was that i enjoyed it A lot. Why? Because it's gentle and kind and nice at the heart of it. It doesn't need Derek. (laughs) We can get rid of him. And if you kind of put that into your mind, that's fine, because you can enjoy Kerry Godliman's. The character of Hannah is lovely. I've said lovely about 12 times. Yeah. And I thought this show was going to be a lot more offensive. And, you know, David L tries to take it there. But
0: (laughs) the presence of the old people... And criminally uh, underused actors in the incredible. old people. Um, I think if you want to hear my opinion, which is quite direct, you should go to our speaker channel and you will hear a little live podcast we did in okay. a car. I forgot we did that. Um, where you'll get my take on Derek. And I, and I would very much look forward to a second series and I will watch it. But if you want to hear my take, it's there. I reckon by the time this gets out, we will be in like single digit days away from being in Wales.
1: (gasps) We're all going on
3: some
1: holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, dear listeners, we're going on holiday. Me, my lovely girlfriend... And Gav, who I work with, (laughs) are going to Wales for a little jaunt, because there, in a little
0: town called McCuntleth,
1: is an incredible comedy festival.
0: Oh, I I, I have been excited about this for a year.
1: Well, because you popped in last year to see
0: your good friend, Arthur Smith.
1: I did. I popped
0: in on the way. I was working in the area, and I spent the afternoon and evening, and I got to see a show. uh, A show? I went to see a recording (laughs) of a... Of uh, BBC Wales uh, comedy, very 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 funny Dan Mitchell, um, and it was just brilliant because if you know McHuntleth it's a tiny town, small town, very alternative, a um, bit of an intersection of the roads. It's got quite a mix of people, and but it's it's tiny, and but it just had these amazing people. You're just sitting in a pub going, hey, there's I've got to go here." This is the fourth year of the McArthur Comedy Festival. Yeah.
1: And if we just run through some of the people we're going to see, because we've got tickets booked already, and then we'll just salivate a little bit, and then we'll clean that up. Yeah. And then we'll get on with the rest of the podcast. Who have you got lined up,
0: guys? I've got um, Tony Law. Oh. He thinks I'm a genius.
1: He said so on Twitter, guys. You yeah. can.
0: Uh, Pappies, I'm very excited to see show however. Oh. Yay! Hey. Um, You're oh. for a treat. Um, new act showcase i think if you're going to go to a comedy festival which has been curated within an inch of its life mm. you've got to go and see who people think are interesting
1: and the new act showcase is on the friday night so we no, w- no, no that's the
0: um oh, is that the festival showcase the festival showcase yeah
1: so, I oh, you just
3: stop calling things showcases it's gonna get confusing
0: yeah. um, what else bridget christie's new show that I'm very
1: looking. For, I'm seeing a different Bridget Christie show. She's doing two. Yeah. Sure, she is. You're
0: seeing her last year's Edinburgh. I think I'm seeing the beginning of her next year's Edinburgh. I am very excited to see Bridget Christie. Um, Stuart Lee is doing Three Nights. We're seeing Stuart Lee, uh, obviously running in some of his material, but we're seeing him in this tiny, tiny venue, which is I'm so excited about. It is just the back of. It's in the bowling green. Yeah, and it is the back of a back room of a pub of a, of, of the bowling green.
1: Sounds incredible
0: And it was amazing Because I saw this recording in there And they're playing bowls out there And obviously all the locals Just look as you go through Going oh well, okay Hippies eh <laughs> But it's a ch- That's very exciting A tiny tiny venue Claire
1: Who are you looking forward to seeing?
3: Brian Gittins
1: Gittins? We have yeah. seen the are you Gittins live Are going to, to fangirl stalk him?
3: I'm going to I can't wait to uh, Talk Sorry Talk to him Nice
2: oh.
1: We, One Direction are in town at the moment and staying quite near where Claire lives and she's been picking up some tips about yeah. how to make posters to hang around near so Yeah, Brian I've made Giffen's. a few
2: posters
3: already, yeah. um, bought some glitter, um, made a few t-shirts. John, you mm, No. You do? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you're, uh, you won't be able to play it cool. Tim Key. T- t- Just you're Tim Key. T-
0: Tim Key, aren't you? Yeah. Nick Helm. Oh. Helm! Oh, oh hell! Kind of the last thing on the are. Sunday, yeah. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm very excited talk. about the Alternative Comedy Memorial Society. What is this? I've not got tickets for Saturday afternoon yet. Sell it to you. Right. Okay. So this um, this is a big big thing on the the London comedy scene. John Luke Roberts, Tom Tucker, I think, are part of that kind of the pot stirrers of that it's supposed to be it's going to be two hours they're going to be getting all of their friends in and if you know their, for the fact that their friends are, are Tony Law and and Stuart Lee um, it's just going to be random and bonkers um, I think it's going to be that, that hybrid mix of comedy cabaret uh, and it's going to be Saturday afternoon and it's just going to be Sounds
3: like a rip-roaring affair. Oh,
0: nice. The woman we're staying with, Claire and
1: I, have got a lovely (laughs) guest house. She's going to that, she told me earlier in an email. Lovely lady, (laughs)
0: drama tutor from Aberystwyth University. Aberystwyth is a very, very um, famously, very alternative uh, drama department. Um, So I I think she sounds like a fantastic person. Tea and cake
1: on arrival, she's already promised. Where are you staying? What have
0: you got? Um, got? I've booked the £12 festival camping weekend right. ticket enjoy
3: enjoy yeah. enjoy that don't come knocking my, on the window I'm for a shower i have
0: five person tent I'm going to have my table and chair I'm going to have my little burner going I'm going to be so happy how mm-hmm. many duvets are you taking? five All for i I'm taking two uh, two <laughs> sleeping bags a duvet to sleep on a duvet over me and a blanket and a blow up bed uh, yeah a little, little blow up yeah I'm so excited and I can pay a pound to go and wash in the uh, sports centre
3: I've changed my mind, Pete. Let's go to the tent area.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm staying with the, the tent eat.
3: area, not the camping site. <laughs> the, the tent, tent area. area.
0: So, um, I think we're going to do some. If we can get 3G, some probably some live things. I'm going to try, and we're going to try and, oh, and hijack people for interviews.
1: I'm going to be a dreadful drunk.
0: Oh, yeah. um, I would like to challenge some comedians
1: for a penalty shootout.
0: Oh, that's a uh, nice idea. Is there a green that I could boot a ball around? Uh, why don't we I'm just take over be. the bowling green?
1: Yeah, I'll go take a football Really well.
0: So if, if, um, I will try and do that for you, dear listener. Okay. Well, you're going to hear us uh, uh, sickeningly, uh, dribble on about it in our next podcast. I think Pod- the whole podcast 11 is just Pod going to be 11 that. is going to be Makhuntleth, the recovery. If we're still talking to, to awesome. each other on one of <laughs> us and one of us hasn't died. But also, the day we get back from Ecclecliff, we're going
1: to go see Michael J. Dolan at the Lassegari in Manchester. Ah, oh, it's just comedy, 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 no, comedy. To be honest, I'm say I'm going to that. I'll be knackered. I think probably. you might. You might be the one that dies.
0: Fingers crossed, eh? Because you two are better than me. On a comedy nerd scale, where do you put uh, yourself?
1: Definitely below you, mm-hmm. but definitely above your rever- average Joe six-pack in the
0: street. Okay. And what makes me a nerd?
1: Just kind of the way that even if you watch a TV programme, you'll tell me something about the extras because you have saw them in the 80s doing <laughs> some cabaret with a plant pot on their head. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not slagging that off,
0: Cal. I've seen quite a few people with plant pots on their heads.
1: Well, the 80s were a crazy I time. am a
0: nerd. Or I am a nerd. And it is about process. And it is about how people just get that magic of just go out and having the, the cojones to get up and do it. Mm-hmm. And... And I've, what I found recently and I found really interesting is that there are people out there who are blogging everything and are using blogs. And I know blogs is a very 90s thing, isn't it? I'd say late 90s, early 2000s. And that's why we've just started one. <laughs> with Let's party like it's 2002, Guff. With, the, with our flog. And um, I just think, I, I think if you're interested in comedy, if you're interested in people out there, particularly people who are just finding their own way, who, aren't, who, uh, who are, are, are slogging out that coal face of it, there are people who are capturing every single gig they're doing, and there was a couple of great blogs where I think it's just worth listening, worth going to see what what's going on. Um, well, actually, no. Someone, Diary of a Small Girl, um, Lou Conran. She's part of a, a, a duo, Hanks and Conran. I, I've not seen them work together. I've seen uh, Hanks, N- not that one. <laughs> uh, do some fantastic stand-up in a very difficult tiny audience situation she was r- amazingly funny but I've never seen Lou Conran but I love her blog it's quite it, it's not like a very regular one but just a beautiful writer she's written a couple of pieces that have really moved me about the joy of being a stand-up the the uh, complication of being a stand-up just her description of being in a car full of her friends going off to do a gig was just lovely um she writes about herself she writes about her life she writes about her friends she writes about her neighbors but just just diary of a small girl all the links will be um part of or be on our website or be in the detail of this pod but um, i can really recommend that one um martin moore have you oh yeah well this is like yeah. This is your mainstay, isn't it? He's great on Twitter, amazing on Twitter. But he's also got this just brilliant blog. Now, again, Martin Moore. Some people, he, you know, some people find him quite challenging uh, in, in what he approaches. I think his position on those people would be fuck them. Oh, I'm usually the one who swears on this podcast. I know, but he's actually a very thoughtful guy. Very funny. He's just a brilliant gag maker. And he puts them out Yes, brilliant Twitter feed But his blog Where he'll expand on a few things Talk about things that he's done Talk about A really worthwhile blog uh, To follow on um, This is a, a, a Facebook spe- specific guy uh, Russ Russ Monkey with a gun And that's one word Russ is uh, Not his real name <laughs> uh, Who knows uh, Russ is uh, He studied lying at the University of Oxford according to his Facebook profile, um, is, is a man around my age, early 40s, a man uh, with children, uh, a comedian, a stand-up. He's working the circuit as well. And he logs every, almost every gig that he does. He'll come back and just reflect on it and just offload it. You, and that's fascinating. Do you think that's part of the writing? It must be part of the process to work out what's good what's bad. Uh, well, I think it's part of the process of being a writer. Writers write. I, I can't write. I hate writing but people I'll just see. sit down and just write. And and I think if you're going to be a reflective writer as well, and if you're going to talk about the gigs, the good and the bad, that's, what's fascinating. Mm-hmm. He's very honest about when a gig goes well and you're allow, I allow him to say how well a gig has gone because he's had enough in, um, instances where he's written that the gig just wasn't so good and, and possibly why. So that's fascinating. And the last one we're going to recommend, I'm going to recommend it. Um, because he's done something for us as well, is uh, a blog called uk. Oh, what a
1: lovely image.
0: <laughs> well, that's a bit uncomfortable here in your bedroom, Pete. Oh, frigid. Uh, it's... <coughs> okay, Steve Price. He's, as we speak, gig 105. Comedy night at the Beach Inn, Chalton. Lovely.
1: Now, the thing I know about the Beach Inn is good selection of ales, and at the weekend, they have like an interesting Thai... Uh, car that pulls up into the garden and you can get some really interesting nice tasty snacks
0: have you seen the comedy at the beach inn no but like i said the food at the weekend delicious well steve price has has captured every single one of his gigs he's reflected on it he's thought about it he's gone through it's a diary it's like a working diary of a growing comedian and i think it's I think just for tenacity alone is worth investing in and you know if you've got something that 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 pops an RSS feed into your um, iPhone there's no effort required you can click on and get the email and, and Steve has written something for us introducing you to this process and it is a flog on our website funnylooking.co.uk and I think uh, this um, he has another website his website's called the world of Sherby 57 these things you get stuck with these handles who knows where they come from but if you are someone uh, who's interested in being a comedian, who wants to have a go at a stand-up, who wants to do an open spot, follow this. Well, this guy's 105 gigs ahead of you. Now, in comedy terms, I think that's quite low still.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: In blog reading terms, it's quite high. To go back to, I think I picked <laughs> it up around about blog number 70. Um, but I've I have read read them all. Uh, but just just to see how someone goes about. Growing themselves as a performer and as a writer and as a Mm stand-up, and you can get that introduction and all the links you need for Steve by going to our website, funnylooking.co.uk. And uh, Steve has written a vlog for us, and if anybody else wants to write a vlog for us to, you know, just points people to their work because that's what we want to do. We want to celebrate what you're doing. Are you writing a blog? Are you writing what you do? Have you got something that you want our website to point it to? Then write something for us and we'll put it out there for you.
1: Yeah, I particularly think if as any sort of women in comedy pieces that people... Oh, to. no, <laughs> no, no.
0: There is, if you if you click the category flog, you'll go, there is there are certain sort of things that we are looking for and definitely things we're not looking for at all. Pete Jones, um, separately to... His girlfriend, Claire Claire Mhoney Said that he needed a pot uh, uh, No, needed a, a, a What What do you need? A
3: catchphrase
0: A catchphrase And then Claire comes in and says you need a catchphrase uh, Any listeners out there who want I didn't
1: say I needed a catchphrase I said we needed some sort of
0: Slogan S- you you need opening doors. What you want S- is S- people <laughs> to stop you on the street and go Are you Pete Jones? Hey, what's a happening? <laughs> you know, whatever it is Whatever you want it to be <laughs> You know Hey, i got big ones too. Well, no, you, that's what you want, isn't it? You want the, you want to be the, the, the ho-ho guy. <laughs> don't you? Don't you, Pete? Pete, what
3: was that catchphrase you just
0: thought of? Oh. You've been that really...
3: thinking of
0: catchphrases. Yeah, if you look under this bed, there's just...
1: Uh... It, was, it
3: was just the way I like it.
0: That's your catchphrase. That's just
1: the there way I like
3: <laughs> it. Choose to wear lucky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, let's just say... The beginning and the end of the catchphrases is, is in this, the outro segment of the funny looking podcast, PodX X, Pod 10. Thank you very much for listening. That could be my catchphrase. That's a very good one. Do not call
3: it Pod X. Why? Why? It's like X rated.
0: It's Roman numerals, which is kind of somewhat older than before. Older the, than porn? No, it's the oldest professional. <laughs> Wanking in Genesis.
3: Don't call it Pod X.
0: Can we call it wanking? Can that be your catchphrase, wanking in Genesis? No, it's really inappropriate. It's been a big one, isn't it? <laughs>
3: That's <laughs> Is that what your says? catchphrase.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there has never been a better time to end this podcast I love than you. right now.
3: Bye. Bye.